0: Good morning or good afternoon wherever you may be located and where you're listening from. I'm Rick Woodham with Tagit and welcome to another installment of our Digital Game Changer series. For those of you that this is your first time to join us, welcome. You know, the pace of change and innovation in digital banking today is definitely not slowing uh, and really continues its acceleration and permutation into how banks really interact with their customers. Sometimes it's a bit challenging to know where to focus your priorities. This series by Taggett is designed to provide additional views and data points for you as a, as you navigate your way through the changing landscape. At Taggett, we work with banks to help them define priorities and implement digital solutions that are pillars with our customers today. In today's session, we are joined by Chris Chan, CIO at Thai Credit Retail Bank. Thai Credit Retail Bank is a Bangkok-based bank that offers banking and financial services, especially in the microfinance space to small and medium enterprises, uh, and other small traders, right? It fills a gap in the market here in in Thailand, focusing that uh, microfinance and underserviced area. So I've known Chris for quite a few years uh, in in several roles that Chris has had over the years. Uh, Chris has a very firm foundation on technology and the impact of digital banking to customers, uh, especially in the Thai market. So thanks, Chris, for joining us. Uh, So let's get started.
1: Good morning, Rick. Thanks for having me and uh, share, share those around and how the uh, industry is moving along the digitization.
0: Yeah, so looking forward to a little bit of a chat with you, Chris. Uh, kind of catch up after the new year and, and get your views on a few things. So uh, let me start. So what do you think uh, is probably some of the most significant changes in the way banks in Thailand are, are approaching digital capabilities today and and especially over the last maybe year or two, right? Because there's been quite a bit of activity in the Thai market uh, from the banks and their digital initiatives. So what do you think are some of the most uh, significant changes that you've seen?
1: Are two areas I, I observed uh, the the banks are putting a lot of focus and effort. One is to how to get the, the service and products to the customer in the digital world, OK? Mm. Uh, with the with less um, dependency on on brick and mortar model, so because like I like I think we all observed COVID is actually a catalyst. Okay, how do we provide service without the need of, of a physical context That's one. The second, I the observation is I think that was a a message from if I recall correctly, a, a seminar from from Bank of Thailand. Um, the emphasis of collaboration. So banks are moving forward to, to how to open up themselves um, to partnership with partners to like to fulfill the ecosystem. So that's two areas I observe the effort that banks are focusing on.
0: You know, uh, Chris, one of the areas uh, where there's been so much improvement in the time market, uh, and, and I take great pride in this, actually, uh, because of my, my previous career uh, being able to have some influence in this. But, you know, payments capabilities in Thailand have significantly pr- improved over the last yeah. 12, 18 months. And, you know, what I can do as a consumer today is, is pretty amazing. Right. So do you believe that this is helping drive digital adoption uh, sort of even outside the major metropolitan areas? Uh, and what yeah. other initiatives do you think banks will consider to drive that digital adoption? Yeah.
1: I think, yeah, Um it's, it's natural, like right? the, 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 the pandemic forces, uh, forces the, the, the use of technology to force of, um, payment to the digital world. So, like yourself, myself, you can look back for the past 12, 18 months, the change of our behavior. Like, we order food, we order groceries, and through um, uh, Lazada, shoppies, those are um, use cases, real-life use cases drives adoption. So there's a natural demand driven to the succeed of, of that, uh, of that uh, solution.
0: So, you know, I'm, uh, I'm sitting in a very small town in a very small province subcountry at the mm. moment in Thailand. Uh, and, and I'm amazed even now here, no matter where I go, even the small mom-and-pop shops where my wife and I like to eat, I have no issues paying with QR code with my phone, right? Uh, so it doesn't matter whether it's a small mom and pop shop where I eat or the large global house where I buy supplies. Uh, all of them have enabled these QR code payments. And, and it's just amazing to me how, how much that has permeated the culture here.
1: Rick, to, to share with you, um, the, the, the QR code that we put on in front of the merchants, we have a study, I think is about like two, two, two and a half years ago, like before, right before we, we launched the new wallet So we are uncertain, okay, how would, because we also uh, get the feedback and we were also at the market. We are also seeing the QR codes. It just sit there and nobody using, what's using it. So so we are quite concerned, uh, does it really work? But I think like back to the trigger point again, the pandemic, change, flip the things over. I still remember uh, soon after COVID, while wow, uh, people are going back to on the streets, the merchant asked, okay, please scan. And also customers as well. They asked, hey, do you have a code to scan? So that's become like the flip the game over, like okay. just, just one incident, change everything.
0: You know, I, uh, I remember pre pandemic uh, being, in I won't mention the country, uh, but I was at a coffee shop in this country and they had just started using QR code payments for a couple of the local wallet providers. And uh, so I asked the lady uh, who was giving me my coffee, right? She was ringing up the register and I, I said, listen, I mean, I can't pay with a QR code because I don't have a local wallet. But let me ask you something. If, uh, if I pay with my QR code using my wallet, uh, how do you actually know that you've gotten paid? She said, well, I I get an SMS message on this feature phone that she showed me, right? And I said, well, you know, sometimes SMS is not terribly reliable. What if you don't get the SMS while I'm standing here? She said, well, I don't give you your coffee. (laughs) I said, well, okay, right. So one of the the things I discovered uh, here in Thailand is that many of the larger retailers have now integrated the QR code payment system in Thailand into their point of sale systems. So the transactions just happen automatically, right? There's no additional validation required. And again, it's really transforming, I think, uh, how we look at doing payments today.
1: I think the convenience and efficiency win over the potential loss. Right. I think we're willing, willing to, to compensate that compromise that in exchange of convenience. Yeah.
0: Well, it is funny because every time we leave the house now and we want to go eat, my wife says, so do you have any money? And I go, well, no, but I've got a phone, so I'm good to go, right? <laughs> right.
1: You can leave your wallet, but you can leave your phone.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, listen, sort of changing uh, uh, changing topics a little bit uh, because, you know, this payments uh, capabilities are really driven a number of initiatives with some of the major banks here. So several of the major banks here have actually launched uh, subsidiaries, digital subsidiaries, or even, Technology subsidiaries focused on digital initiatives such as some of the AI, uh, blockchain, and, and other things. Right. So, do you believe that these initiatives will actually produce value and impact uh, to digital capabilities in Thailand?
1: Um. I okay. There could be um, multiple agendas behind the, the 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 structure, but I can see uh, one significant benefit, like to be able to operate outside of, of the big organization but you'll be much more flexible, do things like with uh, less hierarchical, um, talk to your partners, uh, I, I, I'll see freedom and, and flexibility. So that will be additional drive to like drive innovation that you have more um, freedom to like without going through up the, the layers and levels in the big o- organization. So I think that's a positive setup.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I mean, uh, not getting caught up in, in the bank's existing operational, uh, you know, mandates and challenges certainly would provide a bit of freedom for these subsidiaries to explore technology uh, without a heavy regulatory influence as well, right? Uh, and, and I think maybe yeah. they will also do a pretty good job of promoting partnerships across the banking ecosystems, right? Uh, but what I'm sort of wondering is is, you know, as these subsidiaries are really starting to to mine some of the work that they're doing, how much of that these banks will make available to, say some of the smaller banks like uh, TCRB and others to be able to leverage that across the Thailand banking system, not just the bank that wants the subsidiary, uh, the subsidiary right?
1: So um, Well you mentioned that, I think the the benefit of that setup. If, if that capability sits outside the bank, so the, the possibility of sharing the technology is wider because right. it's not sharing the capability amongst competitors, it's a separate right. entity is purely um, technology capability that, that can share amongst even within banking, financial industry or lot. Or, or yeah, yeah so well it's,
0: I'm really curious to see where it goes.
1: Yeah.
0: Really curious to see where it goes. So, so, Chris, how does this then sort of relate back to, to what you guys are doing at your bank, right? So uh, what are some of your major areas of digital focus over the next year or two? Uh,
1: so similar to the, the, the open statement, we are similar to the bigger players. Uh, we have ambitious to to try new segments, uh, launching new products via the digital channel. So we are still trying. Like other uh, players, we try to get our product reaching the customer without say, to face as to face as least as possible. Yeah. And also, open banking is, is our belief. Uh, is a, is a, Is a natural expanding, adding values of all, all parties: the banks, the partners, and the end consumers. That's completely the ecosystem. So it is a very natural um, uh, project, and yeah. and, and uh, that we should
0: should strive, yeah. So you've mentioned a few times previously uh, in our conversation already about the influence of the the COVID pandemic, right? So how much of that has accelerated the work that you guys are doing? Has it had a real impact? I mean, have you accelerated some of your digital initiatives? Have you increased your budget around digital? I mean, generally, how has COVID really impacted the bank?
1: I I would say is the affirmation of what we believe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't really change much of we have been planning because our footprint is, 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 is not big. Okay. Right. Our starting point is actually aiming for that digital operation, digital capability. So that yeah. is very much in mind and also reassuring that model will work. Yeah. And actually fits, fits the, the, the market.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you uh, there are some banks who probably uh we're not as uh, we're not thinking uh, so much in the future uh, prior to the pandemic and caught themselves a little bit uh, off guard uh when it came to digital and they've had to scramble a bit because uh you know one of the things we have seen across the industry uh, is that exactly what you guys have seen is that trying to understand the customer interactions outside of the traditional branch environment uh, is really becoming quite quite key and I, and I, don't, I think that's just a change in the way we would deal with it. Right, the the
1: target and the and the goal and the vision uh doesn't change, but the biggest challenge I think I share with you, Ricky, is the resource. Okay, yeah. we, we, we do face uh challenge of getting a sufficient resource of to, to keep us moving ahead. So yeah. we are still fighting hard to, to get us to that.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's probably a common problem, but not just for yeah. you guys, right? So yeah. So listen, here's sort of the last question and the million dollar question for you, right? Uh, so, so what do you think the outlook for digital looks like? Both, I'll ask it from two perspectives. One, what do you think the digital outlook looks like for Thailand uh, over the next few years? And and even at a higher level, what do you think uh, the trends will be based on what you're seeing? And, and one of the areas, and I, I mentioned this, I think in some of our pre-dialogue, is that how much of this, uh, digital work over the next few years you think will be influenced by banks looking at modernizing their underlying core systems. So you know the rise of companies like Mamboo with their next generation core banking that kind of thing. Because if you look across Thailand uh, many of the banks here are still using quite dated technology uh, on, on their back-end systems. Now they've done a lot to insulate it uh, through integration and that kind of thing. But there's still a lot of legacy technology floating around yep. So, so, kind of, what is your outlook of digital over Thailand, and how much of that do you think is influenced by some of these items?
1: Um, the exciting and 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 optimist feeling that I have at this moment is I like through the pandemic I observed the the creativity of, of the Thai people. Okay, um, you can see from very uh, simple um, step on the step on and the the the. the the alcohol gel will just come out. Um, the robots, um, very creative minds from the So, that is a good driver for digitization. So, by nature, the creativity will drive um, whatever industry um, food ordering, e shopping, financial service. And I am sure there will be a lot of. Uh, good initiative along the line, like be it directly um, related to financial service or other ecosystems? Yeah. right. You know, like
0: pro- that's actually a really interesting point. I, I, I was telling someone a day or two back that uh, I was checking my uh, account with my mobile communications provider here in Thailand and, and did not realize, but I've been a customer for 17 years and eight months and, and I, so I've been here a long time already and the time has just really flown by. But, you know, one of the, the statements you just made is quite, quite interesting and quite true. The, the Thai culture is very creative in their approach to how they look at almost everything, right? And digital is no exception to that.
1: So I think that the key part is how can we um, align the, the creativity and the um, technology resource to make these things happen? Yeah. Uh, I think the good thing, like in the past, we see quite um, successful um, implementation, like through the pandemic, uh, very direct to the healthcare. All yeah. these um, systems more prom. Yes, it was a bit like bumpy in the past, but I think along the way it served the purpose. Yeah. That's uh, I like for that uh, uh, digital evolve. I'm fairly optimistic there will be like. Many good stories to come. Well, you know, Chris,
0: uh, your bank is is in a very interesting position from a market perspective because there's a lot of activity happening in the microfinance space today. uh, As organizations are looking for new sources of funding, and and banks are trying to really be able to react. Uh, One of the things that we talk about a bit is that a lot of these micro SME customers in Thailand has a lot of those, right? are really looking for that perfect blend of a retail experience when it comes to digital, uh, but also the uh, access to resources uh, that the bank might traditionally offer the larger SMEs. So I think you're in a great space for learning how to apply this creativity.
1: We have have many, many opportunities and and also we have the luxury of having our our team, our staff members to be very close with our customers. They are at the markets. Yeah. You know, their needs. So there's a lot of good input that we can leverage, and 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 uh, it's our opportunities to to serve them better.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, listen, yeah. that's really what I've got for you today. I really appreciate the time that you spent with us today.
1: Yeah, and I haven't uh, addressed the second question yet. Really?
0: Oh, wow, well, fire away, Chris.
1: Yeah. Um, talked about the legacy core. Um, I would say. Yes and no, and be very cautious about like uh, taking that decision. Uh, we must read really understand the the are there really, like two things current pain points right. and the future needs okay how much gap uh do we have, or is it sustainable okay if yes, if you are comfortable, I would say stay put, okay, but not okay i'll if your legacy is really giving you a lot of trouble, you cannot maintain, it's just so much change that you cannot recognize what it is. So um, do yes, because there are a lot of good products out there. Um, my suggestion is to see if you, if you can run a parallel approach while you keep your legacy stable, and then you try on a digital call with new products, and then, and then give yourself some time for the, for the transition and migration. But that would
0: be you know Chris you and I have had a few conversations over the years about core banking being a commodity and and I think that we have really really gotten to the place now where that is almost completely true and digital has driven that right because in in many cases the differentiation between banks is really what happens at that digital engagement layer. Now it, it's very key that these core systems can support the right kind of products and mixes and all that. But the reality is that it truly is a commodity, and I think one of the things that will drive some of this core modernization is cost. I mean, think about—I mean, think about some of your past experiences, right? The, the cost associated with running large mainframe-based core banking systems. And I'm not—I'm not anti-mainframe by by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, it, I mean, that's a lot of money to spend, right? And there are now alternatives in that space that can provide you. Similar commodity type of features at a much different type of cost structure, right?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. It's actually one of the the um quite right, uh, factor you should. Well, I think as a as a, a banking service provider, we should consider the cost effectiveness of the core as well. So I think they will potentially um, a natural drive through the for the product owner if they are losing competitiveness. I think. Is there a negotiating ground that we can like find a way for those that doesn't really need to make a technical replacement? Yep. It's, just, yep. it's just a cost. I think that that could be like ways in between that can can work things out.
0: Yep, I agree. And and the cloud will help. The cloud initiatives will help some of this as well.
1: Yep. So, well, good. Yep. Well, Chris,
0: again, very enlightening. Uh, always a bit bit of a fun catching up with you a little bit. Uh, So I I wish you a happy new year and hope uh, you guys have a a great 2022 at the bank.
1: Thank you, Rick. Same to you and your family and your team as well.
0: You bet. Thanks, Chris.
1: Have a great great one.